Welcome back to um, my session on NLP. I'm Derek Gardner. I'm with Tracy Hooper, who's in Portland, Oregon, and I'm in uh, Guildford in the United Kingdom. We've been discussing neurolinguistic programming, how it can be used in business, how it can be used in life, and the advantages and the benefits of it. And uh, part one is now on, on my YouTube channel. Uh, so if you've missed it, and it's also on my podcast. Uh, welcome back, Tracy. Uh, wonderful to see you again. Thank you, Derek. I'm excited for part two. Okay, well, we're going straight into part two, no messing around, and then we'll summarize at the end. And I'm just going to share my screen. And let's, uh, let's, so, so in the last time we were talking about um, anchors and triggers and how that really is an important part of performance psychology. And as you know, performance psychology is making yourself even better than you are now. So making yourself extraordinary, which is one of the things that you and I coach people and mentor people and advise people to do with some of these secrets that the psychologists have been using on sports people for for about the last 20 or 30 years since it's been discovered but the uh, next issue that i wanted to talk to you about is um, timeline the visualization ex exercises and using your imagination some people call it a future forward but if you wanted to achieve something and let's take something outrageous like um, buying yourself a Porsche 911. Let's take a Porsche 911, and that was one of your goals, to own a Porsche 911. If you imagined it was the 5th of August 2022, and you'd actually just driven that Porsche 911 out of the um, garage, um, and you were sensing how you, how you looked in the car, how you felt in the car, how the leather and the car smelt, how the sound of the exhaust pipe uh, was just purring away and um, how you were being admired as you drove out of the uh, showroom by all these people. You know, how could this uh, how could this person have such a car by visualizing that and then saying, well, it is that's happened and it is the 5th of August 2022 let's go back down my timeline to the 5th of August 2021 and um, what actions did I start taking on that day to actually achieve my goal of um, driving away this portion of course you could do this with health and fitness and exercise and holidays uh, it can be done with everything but the trick is to imagine you are there and the language is in the present tense you are there but you're a year two years ahead and then you look back down the timeline this has an extraordinary effect on the brain an extraordinary effect because it uh, makes you realize that you can have it it makes you gets all your senses all your emotions all the feelings that you've got for having it so if you really do want it and that is really a a congruent goal for you then this is a great way to do it so what action did you take at six o'clock today towards it oh well actually i rang up three three of my customers who i hadn't spoken to for a long time and i knew they had uh they had a budget three or four years ago and so i rang them up i saw this got, got this great new program etc etc and i closed one deal that perhaps I wouldn't have closed and you know I said to my partner this is what I want uh, and uh, we started moving ahead 
towards it. So I set some monetary goals so I had enough money to actually buy that portion. Therefore, you know, and if it's, uh, I want to I want to lose weight, want to lose a couple of stone in weight or something, and therefore uh, I'm going to go to the gym at six o'clock. I'm going to take action. It's a great one of taking action. So what you're actually doing is not only you're imagining the timeline and using present tense, I now have it, you're visualizing uh, through your senses, uh, through your energetic emotions, all the feeling of having it. So it's, it's called future forward, but the trick really is you have to use the present tense for So let's talk, it. can we yeah. talk about that a moment? Language in the present tense. So let's say that you want to have 10 more clients over the course of a year. How do you, what, what language do you use to have that present tense? What is that present tense language? Okay, so that's a great question. So first of all, you've got to imagine it's um, a year ahead. Exactly. I see. And the date is very important. You don't just say it's a year ahead. You imagine, and uh, it's the 5th of August, 2022. So it is now. We are here. It's the 5th of August, 2022, and I have 10 more clients. Good, profitable, well-paying clients, because you can have 10 more clients, but they could be rubbish. We know right. lots of people that we work with. I've worked with a lot of people who have rubbish clients who don't pay them properly, keep them waiting. One of the women I'm coaching at the moment uh, you know, hasn't been paid for three months, got a great deal, coached her to get the price up but she hasn't been paid yet. So when she gets back from holiday, we're going to have to talk to her. So, you know, it's important to define who the client is because you might want a uh, S&P 500 client, but, you know, they may not pay for three months or four months. You might right. want clients that are going to pay you in advance because you need the cash flow. Or, or so be specific. Be everything in goals and timeline needs to be very specific yeah very and then i heard you say it is now it's yeah, not yeah. it's not you're picturing august the 5th 2022 and how you will feel and who will be in your life in terms of your clients or your financial goals as if, if it's 20 coaching you or anyone i would say uh, tracy you know perhaps i'd say close your eyes chill out let relax all that sort of you know hypnosis kind of trance thing but you know imagine it's the 5th of august 2022 imagine you have those clients in fact you've invoiced them and uh, you've just got your bank account and they've just paid you how does that feel mm -hmm. think about how that feels think about looking at the app on your uh, iphone see how pacific i'm being and you look, you know, you go onto the bank and there is the money in the bank. Just look at that balance for a minute and see what it sounds like. Now, um, imagine you're now telling your husband that the money's in the bank and he's smiling at you. And uh, that's great. And how do you feel about this at the time, you know, and just get that feeling inside you and just turn the volume up on the feeling like you would on a radio or on your iPhone and uh, turn the um, turn the brightness up on uh, on the visualization of you and increase that feeling because you know that's great and this is linked to anchoring as well so you might anchor that feeling at that point now let's go back down your timeline what action did you take the week after our um, 
our conversation, you know, on the 12th of August, 2021. And then, you know, you could answer that. Well, I rang up Joe Bloggs, I rang up, uh, I started really going for it. All those, all that, um, all that, I'll do that next week. I did it all, I went for it. No messing, messing about. So that's, that's what we're saying. So you're, it is. So all the language is in the, in the present tense. And Great. this is a way of fooling the brain and getting those emotions up. Because, you know, the things that we remember, Tracy, as you know, are um, emotions. When we've had really high emotional experiences, that's why we remember that first kiss or that um, person that stood us up or um, our wedding or, you know, or lots of negative things that you've got to get rid of as well that, you know, didn't. Yeah. And you can help people with that maybe, you know, if they're, if they're down and, you know, someone's passed away or something and they're still, you know, you want to remember the good times with that person, how fantastic it was and what you learned from them and things like that. But, you know, you and I can't mess with anything that's psychotherapy, but in NLP, you can, you can, you can help them with, with little things. I mean, if you were reframing it reframing it and i'm going to come to that and this is all linked to, yeah i mean it's like reframing smoking isn't it you know people say i don't want to i want to give up smoking well that's no good because you're reinforcing the smoking if they said reframing it would be you know imagine it was the 5th of august 2022 and you've given up smoking etc imagine how your friends um are now thinking, oh, they don't, that person doesn't smell of cigarette smoke. That, it, it doesn't have to go outside for a, for a cigarette. Imagine how, how health, you know, you're now really healthy. You know, you can breathe better. Uh, you can smell better. So it's all the positives rather than the give up. Um, yes. Give up. Okay. So it's reframing and language, which are the things that we're going to talk about in a minute. Great, thank you. Is that okay? Yep, number eight, timeline and visual, visualization right. and future yeah, okay. forward. So I'll remember those. Gotta go back to my screen share and pull up the slides and that's the timeline. And you see, you can do these things with clients. You can do these things on coaching, but I'm a great believer. I wanna coach people to do it, do it themselves because mm -hmm. these are all things that you can, um, you can do yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and um, just while we're on timeline, a little trick when you wake up in the morning that I learned from one of my NLP coaches, and I can't remember who it was. They said, do you, Derek, do you know what the highest achievers do as they wake up in the morning and they're in, in that slumber? And I said, no, tell me. They said they listen to, first of all, they listen to real sounds, the audio sounds, perhaps the radiator creaking, the birds beginning to sing, and they put that into their, um, they listen to that, they become sensory aware of that. Mm -hmm. Then they go down their timeline till eight o'clock that night or six o'clock that night, and they visualize having a fantastically successful day, achieving all those things that they hadn't achieved. Okay, then what happens? And then they feel the emotions of achieving that fantastic day. So I'm, 
I call myself an open-minded skeptic. So I'm totally open-minded, but I kind of need people to prove things to me or prove it to myself. And um, so I tried it. I kind of jumped out of bed when I tried it. I don't remember to do this all the time. I need to make myself notes. I, I sort of, you know, because those, because you had that motions of such, such success, you go, oh, hang on a minute, you know, and you get a, probably get a, you know, a dose of dopamine and testosterone all at the same time because the brain, brain, mind, body connections instant. You know, we can drug ourselves up on dopamine and serotonin and testosterone if we want to. Um, and that works. And in NLP terms, it's called audio external. In other words, you hear, you hear, you actually hear it. And I guess that's to wake you up. Then you visualize internally. So you visualize internally the success. And then you um, feel the emotions that go with it. And then you turn the volume up on the emotions and turn the brightness up. Um, and that turning the emotions and the brightness up is another NLP technique, and I've forgotten the name of it now. And, De and Derek, this is done in short order, isn't it? This doesn't have to take very long. Richard Bandler, one of his things, the inventor of NLP, said, you know, you can do a degree in six months. You don't have to spend four years doing a degree at university. You can do it, six, you can do it in six months with these techniques. The problem is that no university uh, can afford to do it in six months because they don't, right. so they need you there for four years, paying the fee, <laughs> etc. So, um, but advanced, in, learning, but in, advanced but learning in, techniques like this, you know, like mind mapping and things like you and I know, just not used. Um, but the timeline alone, the visualization, this waking up in the morning, being attuned to the audio, and then visualizing internally the success you want to have for the day, and then feeling the emotions. This can all be done in a, a few minutes. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Hmm. Because I think everyone's thinking, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to visualize what I want the day to look like. I just have to get up and get going. And what I'm hearing you say is you can take three minutes and do this, and it will change the outcome of your whole day. I don't think, uh, you, need three, I don't think you, need, you need three minutes for it, uh, Tracy, once you've... Um, once you've got a hang of it, you could probably do it in 10 seconds. Um, ah. The real trick is to hear the sound of the uh, blackbird or the, um, or the motorway or, um, or the aeroplane going over or whatever it is. And you have to really switch your hearing on for that because they're all the things we don't notice normally. Right. And that kind of tunes you in. So it works. And um, I'd better keep going, hadn't I? Yeah, yeah, please do. Okay, so pattern interrupt. Now, this is something I use when I'm training sometimes as well. It's a good one for the graveyard session after lunch. It depends how you want to do it. It's been done. So basically what you're doing is you're um, messing around with the other person's brain. And it was particularly used in psychotherapy by Erickson because he noticed that people were getting themselves into a rant. They were getting themselves into a right state. They were getting wound up about about things that weren't really important, but they were getting themselves more and more and more wound up. So what you're actually saying is you're, you're um, changing the way that people are thinking. So let me give an example how I might do it in a training session. I might, um, after lunch, it's a good one to do in the graveyard slot, you know, when people kind of uh, might be falling asleep or, or whatever, and you need to do something. You could do it simply by 
just going to the window and throwing the window open you know people don't like that you could do it um and i do this sometimes and it's a bit naughty i go um can you smell smoke no no i couldn't smell smoke now of course if you do something which is going to threaten people you know like there's a fire then all that you know they're going to get a big dose of uh, testosterone or or whatever it is and um even if i say to people look i'm going to going to do a little pattern interrupt on you here now from psychology which you could do in a meeting that wasn't going very well or in a negotiation um okay you smell smoke um and then i say well that was just um that was just an example of how you could do it you see and they go everyone's still thinking is there a fire <laughs> you're all fired fired up my friend martin does it and this is even worse he he says after the uh, after lunch he says um oh by the way now we just need to summarize the first part of the course and um don't worry about it planting the word worry into their brains which is a negative embedded command um but we put a coin under one of your chairs and whoever's got the coin under the chair is the person that's going to come up and summarize on the flip chart <laughs> Now, the problem with the, this is too dangerous. We don't do this anymore. People go, why? People go, <coughs> I'm sure. Fear. And they're all going under the chair, coin, coin. They'll say, no, no, no. Sorry, we just wanted to show you what a pattern interrupt is, or you could do a pattern interrupt. So a simple pattern interrupt uh, might be in a negotiation, which, as you know, I teach, might just be, I'm really sorry, I need to go to the toilet. So it could be getting really emotional and say, I'm really sorry, I need a break. Um, and if you don't think they'll have a coffee break, you know, you just say, I need the bathroom. Or because, um, you know, taking a telephone call is rude. Um, right. No one can complain that you need the bathroom. Or I'm just feeling. But for, but for people who are still working at home, uh, who knows when everybody will be fully back in the office, can we employ the pattern interrupt in our own lives, like after a very intense meeting to walk outside and do 10 jumping jacks. Is that oh, a pattern oh, interrupt yeah, that we can employ? Yeah, we should do that. That's uh, self-management, isn't it? That really is self-management. I mean, they say every 55 seconds, 55 minutes, you should have a five minute timeout and break. Oh. Walk around and smell the roses, uh, go and get some fresh air. Do a bit of deep breathing, perhaps doing a bit of stretching. You may remember Ali, the physio on my program, you know, doing your neck stretching exercises. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you should do that. You should certainly get up and get away from your desk and from your Zoom. Now, you might make yourself a cup of coffee, which, of course, is a drug. But, you know, I'm a bit of a coffee addict. But, um, uh, yeah, no, definitely you should take a time out. But the pattern interrupt in a group is to get people's attention, is to bring them back to where you want them to focus. Yeah, you know, that sort of sleepy thing after lunch. Um, yeah. And, and we can't help that, you know, because actually what's happening is that the uh, body's digesting the food and that's mm -hmm. taking energy internally rather than externally. So if you want them to um, pay attention, clearly one of the things that you and I probably do, and we do it when we're very structured you know it's not a bad idea to give them a break after 25 minutes after lunch yes oh yeah or an exercise or a walk around the room or uh, you know and if you don't make people do it they won't do it correct so, well let's you know let's have a two yeah. minute leg stretch 
And of course, they yes. all sit there. They all sit there and get this out and start going like this. And then they get a dodgy email, a toxic email, and it's made them worse. And then they can't think, stop thinking about the email. So, uh, and you can't stop people checking their mobile phones if they're no. on course. You just can't stop it. So no. you have to help them as much as you can. Yeah. So that's pattern interrupt. That's pattern interrupt. That's good. That's number nine. Yeah, um, that's one I like. When I um, I studied NLP twice, and I studied it twice because I didn't really understand it well enough to put it into my negotiation programs and my sales programs, uh, and then I, I picked out different bits. But pattern interrupt was a really good one because it was a timeout. But if you manage it, and these are all things you can do to manage manage yourself as well then we come to language we talked about language a bit normal price but you know our language needs to be positive because if we use positive mm. language that changes ourselves it changes it feeds us endorphins positive chemicals and of course um, we're affecting ourselves as well aren't we we're not just affecting the other people with the energy that negative self yeah. Derek, do you want to bring that up on the screen? Are we back to the screen? Oh, great. Uh, great, Tracy. Okay, so, positive language. You wanted yeah, the positive for language. For a moment that it was up there, and of course it wasn't. So let's go to share screen. Um, there we go. Self-talk and monkey minds. Oh, yeah. I call it the bad roommate in your head. Yeah, well. <laughs> if, you, um, if you let that get in the way. Lots of people don't understand that we have up to 90,000 um, pieces of self-talk in our minds in every day. That's what they say. And uh, most of it's negative. And then we put the news on and we're being bombarded by negativity, etc. We mm. talked about this when I interviewed you, didn't we, about, you know, why uh, negativity makes, um, makes news programs. Yeah, it's compelling for people. They get sucked into it. Mm. And of course, mm -hmm. uh, high achievers limit their um, negative self-talk and bring in positive self-talk. So the language you use, like amazing, brilliant, fantastic, great, wow. fabulous, wonderful, uh, exciting, extraordinary, those sort of words are uplifting words for the other people and, and for you. And then the only reason I called it monkey minds was because, you know, they say the mind flips from one tree to another, from one negativity to the other. So in my book, Win Win, I um, in the influencing uh, chapter, I put the most positive uh, 26 words that I could think of, A, B, C, D, E, F. And that's a great exercise to do on a course. If you want to change, if you want to pattern interrupt on a course, put A, B, C, D, E, F on the flip chart and say, right, I want you to come up with the uh, 26 most positive words, one, one, uh, one word for each um, letter of the alphabet. And huh. that really gets the energy going. Um, and, you know, the amazing, beautiful, C's difficult, I would say curious, determined, extraordinary, fantastic, G for great, H for happy, you know, you can just come out with them. Okay, and what's Z, what's Z? Oh, I had to go for Zen. I knew you'd ask me that. <laughs> zen, yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and X, you didn't ask me about X. I didn't X, ask you about X. X is extraordinary. We have to cheat with X. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Fabulous. Um, I, think you've got a copy. I think you've got a copy of Win Win. I think it's page 174 or 194. Please take a look at it and let me know if you've got some. Um, 
even better words. I will do that. Thank you. So then we come to reframing and we talked about this a little bit already. And um, I worked for a guy who um, said, Derek, every problem is an opportunity. We want problems because every time we get a problem, we get a chance to talk to a customer. We get a chance to solve the issue and then we build a relationship and we can solve it. And, you know, I took that away. And this is before I knew any NLP or I wasn't doing much teaching. I was just learning from this guy. Um, and, uh, you know, he used to go, you, you know, you come in a bit sort of, well, we've got a real problem here. There's an opportunity, right? Let's get to, let's get stuck into this, you know, and it's, it's, it's like the language as well. You know, you know, you say to people, how are you? And they go, oh, not too bad, really. Well, you know, they're using the word too bad, oh, considering the weather, considering it's windy, considering it's raining. Oh, no, come on. So, um, you know, and that's, um, and I learned from Brian Tracy, who was somebody who Patricia Fripp introduced me to 25 years after I'd heard him talking on a tape saying, um, whenever anyone asks you how you are, you just say fantastic. Mm. And then Peter Thompson, who you may have met. Yeah, you spoke with Peter Thompson on my chat show. Peter Thompson said, and say after that, thank you for asking. Yes. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for asking. And, uh, and I can't help laughing when people do it to me and I do it to other people. But you see, as soon as you laugh, you create endorphins as well. Don't you? And so let me ask you that in the time of Corona, because we are still dealing around the world with the, yeah. now the Delta variant. If someone says, how are you? And you say, fantastic. Thanks for asking. Do, does that often beg the next question? Really, you're fantastic? Sometimes really? I say, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Uh, we can't help the situation that, uh, that we're in. And, uh, you know, I'm being careful and cautious and I've had my two jabs and uh, I wear my mask and uh, everybody's in the same boat. So, yeah, I am. I choose to be. Great. Great. I love that response. Yeah. I choose to be. People don't generally say it to me because they're so used to me saying fantastic. But let me tell you, I was um, listening to uh, Brian Tracy on a Sonny Waltman. You don't remember Sonny Waltman's, you're too young, but um, on a Sonny Waltman, on a, on a, on a Oh, I do. Absolutely. Oh, you shouldn't have admitted to that. And, um, <laughs> I want to connect uh, with you. I want to relate to you. <laughs> I, got to, uh, I got to the office and I said, right, you know, I'm going to say this now. From now on, I'm going to see what happens. So, you know, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. I didn't say the thanks for asking. That came a couple of years later. And they just looked at me. Is he all right? You know. So um, I, I knew that I was going to get this reaction, though, not to be deterred, you know. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's great. You know, I, choose to, I choose to be fantastic. I choose to be. Yeah. I choose to be fantastic. And um, so they started getting used to it. And then they started playing it back as a sort of Mickey take. Um, and then they got used to it. And now, of course, two or three of the uh, people who work for me, still friends of mine, you know, uh, they go, are you still fantastic? I said, yeah, I am. You know, I might, be, <laughs> I might be 20 years older, but I still choose to be fantastic. And the other thing about using positive language, people tend to live longer, don't have so many ailments, 
don't huh. worry about so much so many things if they use positive language now that comes out of the more what i call wacky side of it but it seems to work seems to work now i met a guy called harvey mckay harvey mckay sold 40 million books in the us yes um, and he was um he was sitting when i went to the nsa in denver colorado uh, two years ago to the uh, national speakers conference of america he was sitting in the front row aged 87 listening to patricia fripp every word that was coming out of her mouth and patricia fripp's one of our mentors one of the great people and um he said on a tape I'd listened to him 20 years before, and he was a very frail old man, so I didn't go up to him. I would have done otherwise. Um, uh, he said, I never talk to negative people. If they're negative, they're off my list because they bring you down, they drag you down, they stop you doing things, and they're off straight away. Now, I haven't taken it that far, but, you know, I fit my bubble wrap round. I remember what Harvey McKay said. I've got one of his books up here on my bookshelf. Um, yeah, I've got it here. Just like that. How about that? Swim okay. with the sharks without getting eaten. It um, must be 30, 30 years old and I've still got it there. Don't, lesson 67, don't get mad and don't get even either. Love it. And oh. I think another word we need to focus on losing would be anxious or I'm, um, I was talking with somebody yesterday there in the process of buying a house. And she said, oh, I'm, I feel, I'm feeling so much anxiety. And I said to her, what if you said, I'm excited about this. We're buying our new house. This is exciting. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and because there are words that are very popular. Everybody's anxious. Everybody's having, you know, anxiety over this or that. Reframing it and just picking a word that works for you. And for you, it's fantastic. I love that. Now people associate you with fantastic. I've tried that. There's a Harvard Business article about anxious and exciting, which recommends yes. you reframed it to exciting, and it works. I've tried it, and it works. Yes, it does. It's a bit like what we talked about when you wake up in the morning. It's remembering to do it as you're sleepy. Um, but yeah, and there's so many things at the moment here in the UK talking about mental health. They never talked about mental health before. They talked about stress. And then they didn't talk about stress before that, you know, and these words have come in to the language. And these are words that are putting you down and you can decide, can't you? Suddenly, oh, I'm feeling a bit tired. Perhaps, perhaps I got COVID or something. In fact, yes. I, I know. I know, and you know, after you've had a couple of jabs, you start thinking, well, was that the jab that got me? And I, I know, I know. Or, or my husband, when he got his second jab, he didn't feel anything. And he said, I wonder if they gave me sugar water and not the real yeah. deal. <laughs> I said, you're in good shape. Here's another one before we move on, Derek, because I want to oh. be mindful of your time reframing. But, you know, I, I make an effort every morning to get up and say, I have time to do everything I need and want to do today. Because there is in our very busy demanding world, a chance to say, I'm overwhelmed. I have so much to do. I'll never get it all done. Yeah. And yeah. my, this is a recent practice. I would say the past six months, I have time to do everything I need and want to do today. And magically <gasps> we do. 
What we really need to get accomplished, we get accomplished. Okay, carry on, you're the teacher. Well, that brings me on to this, which is um, slide number, which, which should have moved on there and didn't, but- uh, um, Donkey, yeah, I need donkey. to know about this. Now, I did two NLP courses, practitioners. I didn't do a master practitioner because that's where you do more of the um, psychotherapy. And I wanted to put this into context as being a business coach, a negotiation coach. You know, and we get a hundred, we could have, a, you and I could have 150 things on our to-do list, but it's a question of breaking them down into smaller chunks. And um, the example the guy gave me, and I thought, well, this isn't rocket science. Is this really NLP? But then, then I thought about it very carefully and I did it. And by just putting things on maybe five by three cards and shuffling them around, suddenly you don't become overwhelmed by the amount of things you've got to do. Mm. And it made me think, and it's coincidence that you and I are talking about the same subjects here, you know, it made me think about to-do lists. Now, you know, the highest achievers use to-do lists all the time, you know, to-do lists. Um, don't know where my latest to-do list is, but they don't have to do everything on the to-do list. It's a question mm. of almost putting them into five categories. Someone was suggesting on a podcast I was listening, you know, one, two, three, four, five, one I must do today, really important, send those invoices out. Number two, um, pretty important. Number three, yeah, number four, number five, okay, that's not very important. That can be, if I never do it, it doesn't matter. And then looking at the to-do list at the end of the day. And so in other words, chunking everything down into small bits and looking at the mm -hmm. But the exercise we did, and I've never done this because I don't teach this really, was just get five by three cards, put all your issues on five by three cards and shuffle them around and make sure you got them in the right order. And when he did that, I thought it was a bit of a waste of time because I picked it up quick and I thought it was obvious. But the obvious bit is to put in things on lists and, you know, chucking out the things that you don't want to do. I mean, people say to me, don't you ever take any time off, Tracy? A bit like you said to me, I said I'm off every day because I love what I do. <laughs> I do things at half past six in the morning and I do things at half past eight at night. I don't have any barriers and I go out for a cycle ride or for a walk with my wife whenever I want to. You know, I've got my phone with me. If someone calls me, I'll take a call, but I won't check my emails. And in fact, you know, these days it's better to text people anyway. It's better to text clients than email them because everyone's bombarded by these 150 emails they get a day yeah so Derek when you when you're when you're chunking do you and you have your to-do list is it your practice to do the most difficult item first and get it out of the way or do you do the simple ones so that you feel like okay I got five items checked off my to-do list uh, I've got to tell you Tracy I do whatever I feel <laughs> I fancy doing I like to get something done that motivates me. I don't want to get stuck on something first. So we shouldn't get we shouldn't get stuck on something that um, um, we don't want to do. I mean, I usually go. With, my daughter lives around the corner, and I usually go for a walk with her with her dog fairly early in the morning, and I try and get a few things done before that. But when she texts me, she's ready. I just stop and off I go. And, uh, you know, that's more important to me than anything else. Than any email. I agree with you. Yeah. 100%. And I don't get my emails on my phone now. That was, um, it's a coincidence. I don't, but I don't. And that's quite useful. And, Good. 
I hate the fact people expect a response to an email straight away, and I don't respond to email straight away. I'm 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 more careful. And I got about 400 emails in my inbox. I haven't responded to them. So what? They can't be that important. There's a few things there that might make me a bit of money, which might help, but none of them are none of them are number one. So I hear you. I hear yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we've got a few more minutes left. Uh, what's, let the, me, what's 13? Yeah, let Chunk, me reshare. 12. I need to reshare the screen. Um, I'm having trouble doing that. I don't know why. No, I'm not. I'm there. So chunking. Well, we're nearly brain chemistry. Huh? And, um, I've put brain chemistry because all this relates to brain chemistry. All this relates to how we feel. All this relates to getting some dopamine, endorphins, testosterone into our system, doing things that we're passionate about, that we like. And I think it's all about helping people, isn't it? It's all about helping people. And I read that somewhere that you get more dopamine. I think that's the one that we want more of when you help people, um, help people out, do nice things for them, let them out of road junctions, which I'm not very good at. I must admit, I'm a bit competitive when I'm driving. Um, and um, do what we do, training, training, helping people and doing, you know, doing some things for, for nothing as... Uh, Patricia Fripp says doing things, uh, it's better to do something for nothing than nothing for nothing, and then doing things for a really high price. You know, and these speakers who say, I always get my, always get my normal fee, that's just actually rubbish. You know, you do things for nothing because you like the person they can't afford to pay, and they recommend you to somebody else, and then the law of cause and effect gives you some, some other business. Um, so brain chemistry. I'm a big one about the left and right brain, the left brain being all the logical, the right brain being the emotions, um, taking taking a break, taking a time out, walking on the beach. Um, from my chat show, I got introduced to forest bathing. Um, for the first time in 20 years, I went on the beach and took my shoes and socks off and walked along the sand and paddled in the sea a few weeks ago. And um, yeah, just things like that with a notepad because, you know, after about 10 minutes, you get an idea. Oh, yeah. Derek, you'll, you'll laugh at me, but I'm, I will tell you this. I, there's an expression, at least in the U.S., someone's a tree hugger. That means that they're into the environment and climate and so forth. And it was, it was said in a pejorative way mm. 40 mm. years ago. Now yeah, it's yeah. much more accepted. But my husband and I walk every morning early. And uh, every day I find a different tree that I hug. And I have to tell you, there is something powerful about putting your arms around a living, breathing tree. And it feels secure and it feels safe. I love it. And I'm wondering if that's affecting my brain chemistry. What do you think? I think it might be. <laughs> I, I have done that. Um, when my kids were younger, uh, my wife used to say, oh, dad's going to hug a tree now. And everyone used to have a big joke about it. But it does feel good. It does. You know that I was 45 before I'd seen a sunrise. Tracy, I'd had such a busy job. I'd never stood on the beach. And I went to, we were in uh, Bermuda, uh, Elbow Beach, spent a fortune going to Bermuda and I saw the sunrise on Elbow Beach and I was amazed there were about 50 people there with their cameras at quarter past six in the morning but um, 
I um, I've got a little place um, down by the sea, and uh, I get up uh, sometimes if the sun's up. I get up early and uh, watch the sun come up, and it comes up really quick, and it's just so energizing. Yes, watching watching that, and you get but, ideas, things like that. So, and I imagine one of the practices that you have to adhere to is not berating yourself for having not seen a sunrise before age 45. It's like now is the present and I get to do this for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Um, That's that brain talk, that self-talk. Yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, um, today's the present. So give yourself a present and stay in the present. I love that one. I'm yes. writing a book at the moment. I decided on Friday I better get on with it and stop messing around because I've been talking about about it. So I've got so many quotes, and I was talking to our friend Tim Durkin about it, and he's written a book as well. He's writing a book at the moment as well, and it's hard work writing a book, and it costs a lot to get it self-published. But um, um, I'm kind of figuring out how I can make it into an ebook. Um, but there we do go. You have, do you have a working title yet? Well, I'd like, I'd like to call it "Bullshit Baffles Brains." But um, I haven't got a nerve to call it bullshit. There's a lot of books with bullshit in the title and F in the title at the moment. So um, insights, maybe insights, Derek's insights or something like that. The title is so important. It is. You've got to have that million dollar title. I'm, I'm with you on that. Okay, just, one more. Brain chemistry and what's next? Well, I think that's it. Is that I, it? Yeah, I'm going to. I thought so, I saw one more. Well, I'm going to have to stop sharing. Well, let's see. You're right. Plus, plus, plus. Right. I said plus, plus, plus. And the reason I said plus, plus, plus is we haven't talked about peripheral vision. Peripheral oh. vision is one of those things that uh, they showed us on the course where you defocus and then you can see what's out here which you can't normally do when you're working in the left brain, you're a bit stressed and everything else. And you just sit back and you then can see what's on either side of you. A little exercise where you can actually see your hands. That stops you rushing. You have to take a deep breath to do it. A bit like um, meditation. You know, I've got an app called Headshot at the moment, which I use, uh, Headspace, which I use in the mornings to do some breathing. Um, and so there's, 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 there's one more called the Hara, where you imagine Yahara, according to um, Hawaiian, the Hawaiian gurus, uh, which have been big into NLP, is about uh, two, um, two fingers below your belly button, which is the mm. of your body. And therefore, you imagine that you're looking out of your body from two centimeters below your belly button which senses and again there's a little exercise where you can push people and push people back and if they're thinking of their aura they're firmly planted on the floor rather than thinking from up here where you're sort of wobbly and a bit all, all over the place four deep breaths seems to give you an altered alter state of consciousness in other words it starts triggering some ideas it's you know you need to stop to take four yes really yes. deep breaths and there's a few other things that i've written down the reticular activation system is the part of the brain that focuses on what you want 
So if you tell yourself what you want, then you'll probably be attracted to it by the brain. If you tell yourself what you don't want, like I don't want to catch a cold, I don't want to, I don't want to get up late, etc. I, I um, don't think of a blue elephant, don't think of a pink tree. You can't help thinking of a pink tree because that's a negative embedded command. So people don't understand don'ts. So you should never say to a child, don't spill the milk. Yet all around the world, mums are saying, don't spill the milk, where they should be saying, be careful with the milk. You know, and you can't help right. thinking of a pink elephant if you say, don't think of a pink elephant. So that's and what do you call the reticular? The reticular? Called the reticular, R-E-T-I-C-U-L-A-R. -E Google it. Activation okay. system. Mm -hmm. um, part of the brain fraction part of the brain that focuses on you on what you wanted so if you wanted that silver porsche we talked about earlier in part one every time a silver porsche came towards you when you were driving you'd spot it you'd see it every time i see yeah. a number every time there's a number plate with my mum's initials on i see it how come what's that all about you know yeah. my mum passed away 30 years ago and i just have a nice memory about her you know well, i see the number plate yeah. so isn't it interesting Fascinating. So and that's one of the reasons to write your goals down because then you focus on what you want and another yes. reason to write them down in your own handwriting not on a qwerty typewriter you know because the way the typewriters were written was because mr remington 150 years ago wanted to stop the keys getting jammed so he He's got a mathematician to work out how many times, you know, they went like that. And now we're stuck with a stupid keyboard that we don't need that everybody can't get away from using. So that's why we write like that. And, and of course, mind mapping as well, mind mapping and all those right brain skills um, and catnapping, taking a doze for 20 minutes, which I did at uh, quarter to four before I wrote these slides, uh, quarter to four London time. Um, that's great. Makes me feel. I good. love that. This is oh. look at look at my notes. Speaking of handwriting, well, send me a, <laughs> yeah yeah send me a copy. And the last thing is that our friend Will Kintish came up with, who's on the chat. You know, one of my guests on the chat show, like you, yeah. net walking, not networking, net walking, walking with your client for twenty minutes. Oh, I love that. So if you do use that in your book, you better credit him for that or he'll kill me. Because <laughs> I believe we should use all this and share it with everybody. And you Oh, absolutely. You I believe everyone needs everybody. to be identified. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I wish you could credit everybody. Um, Tracy, officially, we ought to stop this now because um, uh, we're over we're over time. But uh, perhaps we should have a session three and you should throw a few questions at me. Well, I think you were great at allowing me to have time for some questions. So that was great. I think we need to have another session about mind mapping because <laughs> I don't know anything about that and you do. And I bet a lot of people would want to know. So I'll be your guinea pig. Yes, absolutely. That would be, that would be fantastic. So um, before I stop the recording and do stay on, um, I just wanted to thank you for uh, asking me all these questions, challenging me to talk about NLP in um, over two sessions of uh, about 35 minutes each. Um, you made me produce a few slides. I'm passionate about the subject of how it can be linked into sales, life, business, 
and everything else. And I'm hoping people who are watching this uh, go out and share it or ask some questions of you, me, or uh, buy a book on the, on the subject. There's over 200 books on the subject. And uh, email me, join me on LinkedIn. It's uh, Derek Arden or Tracy Hooper. Thanks for joining me, Tracy. Give me a wave. And um, thank you, Derek. Enjoy it every minute. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. It's very generous of you. My pleasure.